ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Evening Jones. And I just want to start here asking, I mean, I'm 30-something, right? Not young. Young at heart. Except not. But anyway, uh, certainly not old. And I feel like I'm certainly not old enough to have suffered a knee injury and not have any explanation as to how I did it. Now, this knee injury is not like it's been diagnosed or anything. I ain't got no doctor. I ain't seen no specialist or anything like that. But yo, man, how'd I hurt my knee? I mean, I can't be, I mean, this is this is just a wild thing that happens, man, because I know that a lot of y'all that consume the product in your younger age range, and, you know, bless your hearts for that. You're probably dumb as a box of rocks, but, I mean, at least you got your health, right? There's something to be said for that. Bruh, I did something to my knee, and I really just spent all this time trying to figure out how and when this might have happened. Like, somebody in the chat room says you just woke up with a sore knee. No, it's worse than like waking up with a sore knee like if i just woke up and my knee was sore that wouldn't be such a big deal man i got this thing where like if i gotta try to do some steps or something like that it's like yo when did that happen why is this so stiff because that's what happens to you when you get older about these things it ain't simply the matter that these you know you get little aches and pains or whatever stuff gets stiff it's like yo why is this really moving i don't really understand and then this dude says, you're not even heavy, man. What the fuck is that about? Lance, get a Zachary Sinclair nun out of here. I'm sure you can still watch, right? Um. Uh, anyway, yeah, man. Like, I I just want to, I, I, seriously, like, I went to the doctor, but like, yo, so what happened? I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's just on the top side of the knee. Oh, now the other knee want to hurt. What? And by the way, it's not even that cold outside anymore. By the way, everybody that's in the chat room with your suggestions, but you just shut up and laugh. Like, damn. Y'all ain't no personal trainers neither. Y'all just dudes that go to the gym. Anyway, um, I feel like I was just about to say, oh, yeah, it's not even that cold. Like, yo, man, it was a balmy 49 degrees today. Yeah. It, it's getting all the way up to 55 tomorrow. Yeah. So it's not even a matter of me blaming it on the elements. Anyway, I need something to start off with. Went with that. Uh, let's see what we got here uh, with the questions. Oh, wow. Zach has the first question that's up here. That's funny. Let's see if there's any of these questions I feel like answering. Some stuff I still feel like talking about in front of people no more, right? Okay, I think I'll do this one, though. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Let's all be good about it, right? 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 Uh, requested boycott aside, does Monique not have a right to be offended by an offer $500,000 for a Netflix special? Is it lazy to call the seeming bandwagoning of clowning Monique on social media? Uh, crabs in the barrel mentality. I don't really get so caught up in talking to y'all about this whole notion of, like the crabs in the barrel stuff. I don't really get caught in that because the truth is everybody trying to climb on everybody. You climb on the people with most reasonable proximity to you. So, I mean, that's just going to be a thing, I suppose, right? Like, I, I just, whatever. Now, the Monique thing. I feel like I fluctuated in a few different directions on this one, Monique. And a big part of it and I don't think that anybody necessarily needs to feel bad about this part, but this is just the reality of the situation. Her presentation on this whole thing has been abysmal. Now, I am typically a person 
who will say that if you get what the underlying point is, then it's not really like if you know what she's talking about, then harping on the presentation is almost not playing fair. And I agree with that to an extent. Like I really do. Like overall, I'd say in theory, I do agree with that. But I also, though, have to cop to the fact that I was asked to enter into this discussion um, with Monique starting from the place that said, hey, I don't like what they offered me, so I need black people to boycott them. What? Huh? Are you serious? Like One thing I felt like she needed to understand in trying to get in this and talk to people about boycotting Netflix, do you know how many people would turn off their Netflix suspension if they could just remember to get on the internet and do it? Like, I know there's a whole lot of people that, like, really, really, really get their, like, $10 a month out of Netflix the whole way. I find myself having Netflix for the sake of having it just in case something, like, comes on. So, like, how can they afford to pay Dave Chappelle $20 million in order to do a comedy special? Because apparently I paid $120 a year just to watch a Dave Chappelle comedy special. Because I don't really watch Netflix like that anyway. Like, that's me. There are so many people who can't make themselves save their own money on Netflix that they don't watch. For more need to think that somebody's going to be like, you know what? I'm done with Netflix. Now, let me tell you who especially ain't going to be doing no talk about no boycotting Netflix. Those of y'all that went out there and cut off y'all's cable. Now, I don't blame you guys for cutting off your cable, right? Like, if you can watch what you need to watch within the confines of those different services, I'm not even mad at you. You go ahead and do you. I honestly probably would cut my cable off also, except, you know, I got it. So I understand anybody else, though, that made the decision that they're going to cut off that cable. But once you make that call, you're going to cut off that cable. Netflix ain't something that people is really about to be parting with. No, this is like this is part of the new lifestyle. You know what I mean? So, like, you might be able to get people if this were like HBO when they already had cable. You might be able to get them to cut off the HBO. Like, that's possible. But no, nah, Monique, ain't nobody about to be sitting in their house with them badass kids and only got like a limited amount of children's program and they're going to be able to access if they ain't got no cable. That's not going to happen. So I like I personally can't recall a situation where somebody asked for their own boycott. Like, I feel like what typically winds up happening is you are mistreated by some larger organization and then people decide they're going to boycott on your behalf. I mean, how many people have really been able to spur their own boycott? Right. Uh, even the buses. King and them boys had to come in and put on their capes for Rosa Parks. Like, oh, look how they did her. Let's boycott. You're typically not going to get a boycott started on look how it is that they doing me. Now, they offered Monique $500,000 to do this special. I think that part of the discussion has become cluttered in an interesting way. Now, part of the reason it's become cluttered is, again, Monique, you playing this one bad. Like, there's just no way around that. This got cluttered because Monique played this one bad. And the way that she played this bad was she compared what they offered her to do a special with what was offered to uh, what Dave Chappelle and what was offered to Amy Schumer. Those are her examples, right? No, 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 no. I believe that Monique probably believes that her name belongs in the same place with those people, but that is simply not true. Um, I think the Monique thinks that there's a certain amount of money that she should receive based on legacy. And I don't really think the game work like that neither. 
Um, now, if she wants to draw the line on these things because she feels like she deserves to be treated in a certain fashion, then that's her right. I'm not the one to tell her what the amount of money is that she should come to work for. And if $500,000 ain't enough for Monique to get up out of bed to go do that, I believe that Monique might have enough bread to where $500,000 ain't enough for her to decide that's special or something that she wants to do. So, like, I'm good with that. I'm not quite as good with, like, dragging us into it, into the way that we have been dragged into it. Now, here's what I would like to know, because D-Ray Davis got on Instagram and left some comments saying something about Netflix giving him $5 million. I'd like to see a receipt on whether or not Netflix actually gave D-Ray Davis $5 million. I, I like I just like to know that I don't really have a great deal of evidence to indicate that that's the case. Right. He says that he could have possibly meant it, but also it is entirely possible that he did not mean it. Totally possible that he did not. Right. Now, if D-Ray Davis is getting five hundred thousand dollars to do a Netflix special. And Monique is getting five hundred thousand. Yeah, he's getting five million and she's getting five hundred thousand. Then, yeah, we absolutely have a problem. Right. But I think the D-Ray Davis is in a bit more of a comparative situation to what it is that we're talking about with Monique. Now, let me tell you a big part of why I don't think they're giving D-Ray Davis no $5 million to do no Netflix special. They ain't giving D-Ray Davis no $5 million to do no Netflix special because if they're giving him $5 million to do a Netflix special, what do you think they're paying, like, white dudes? Like, they can't pay everybody $5 million to do these specials. It's not really how that works. Um, Hollywood generally works on a, on a, on a system where the people at the top get paid these exorbitant numbers and the people even like a half step below them, there's a huge drop off, right? Like the curve is decreasing at an increasing rate when you go down on salary. So yeah, if you pay D-Ray Davis $5 million, you talk about paying Monique 500 Gs, then we absolutely do have a problem. Now, the other night I watched a Michael Chase special on Netflix and I am very curious as to what Michael Che got paid to do this Netflix special. Now, Michael Che, at this point in time, um, and he just got that gig as the head writer on Saturday Night Live, which is not a job that I thought I don't think he had when he did that Netflix special, obviously, because that getting the head job happened very recently. And the Netflix special is already on. Um, but he's doing weekend update like he's on Saturday Night Live. He's a thing, right? Like in the New York comedy circles, I was reading about this, how he was a rising star and fast and got this gig he's got and everything else. Um how much money did Netflix pay him to do his special? Because if you tell me how much money Netflix paid him to do his special, now I got a better idea about what ex- how exactly it is that Monique is being treated. But I personally don't know nearly enough about the way the pay is structured in that game for me to make the argument about what Monique should or should not be getting. And I do not believe that the past should dictate but so much of what your future earnings happen to be. That's just how it works, okay? Um, but I just don't feel like I got the right information. Now, macro level, there's no problem in obviously saying that women get treated worse in these things and women have a problem with a pay gap. That's absolutely the case. Now, where this Monique thing struck me funny in a personal place, like within inside of me, is I do not want to be... So with race, for example, I find that white people have a very good ability to talk about the general notion of racism they are good at talking about racism it just don't always feel like the times that are actually racism and you put them in their face in the, in the current time period 
suddenly nobody understands what it is, right? So there comes an acknowledgement. Well, racism certainly exists. I just don't think it's here. And here I am with Jenna doing that exact same thing with Monique. And there have been a few things that have come up in terms of the pay gap and entertainment involving women where I've been like, oh, boy, but I don't think that's what's coming up here. And now I feel like I'm that white man that I can't stand. Not that I can't stand white man in general. I'm talking about a very particular white man that I had just discussed before. So let me give you another example on that one. The discussion surrounding blackish with Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross, where Tracy Ellis Ross, it was reported, uh, wants to be paid the same amount as Anthony Anderson. Now, I think there are a couple of interesting points on that one. Um, point number one. Her negotiations must have gotten pretty contentious because that's a pretty nuclear bomb to leak. Like the position that you put the studio in at that point, like that is you are breaking the glass to try to get your mail when you decide to make that call, especially in these times. Now, somebody here says that uh, Tracy Ellis Ross said that this is not true. Maybe not. Right. Maybe not. Somebody got that out there. You know, somebody got that out there. And I'd be curious to know who had the incentive to get that out there unless the reporter just completely concocted it, which I find to be highly unlikely. Somebody decided to put that out there. And that's a, I mean, that that's a big joker right there. That is a big joker. Now, should Tracy Ellis Ross be paid as much as Anthony Anderson? I guess it all depends on how you define should. But I found that a lot of the surrounding discussion on that seemed to be completely absent of any knowledge of how things actually work. Right. So when they did Blackish, Kenny Burris, CAU. Yeah, yeah, CAU grad. Anyway, um, Kenny Burris wanted to develop the show, right? And the first piece that they built the show around was Anthony Anderson. Everything else there was built around Anthony Anderson. Now, you can quibble with this all you want and how the show was set up or whatever it happens to be, but on that show, Tracy Ellis Ross is Anthony Anderson's wife. Anthony Anderson is not her husband. Right? So, no, she's not going to get paid the same amount of money. Like, I felt like the analog on this, and I don't know what their pay structure was back in the 1980s. I don't even necessarily know what the pay structure on it is going to be right now. But in that, in the way that the show is written, scripted, however you want to put it, Trace Ellis Ross is Dan. Anthony Anderson is Roseanne. You know what I mean? Like, like that's what that is now i'd seen people say that you know well they think tracy ellis ross is funnier than anthony anderson y'all act like people get paid in this business in some linear relationship to how funny you are that's not how things work what are you talking about like that, that's just not the way that it goes so no i don't think that this would be the example to use because the roles the two of them have are not are not like they're not perfectly comparable 
they're not or very few things are perfectly comparable, but then I don't feel like they're comparable in a way that helps demonstrate the point that you're trying to make about the macro situation. Like this is not the independent observation to use as being representative of the rest of the sample. Now, if you want to say the thing such that they would not have a man be in that secondary role in such a way, and that if they had built the show around like Tracy Ellis Ross and they would bring Anthony Anderson in and his role would probably be more pronounced and then the two of them would be all equal billing. Maybe, right? Maybe. But I don't have that example in front of me to say that that's the way that it's gone or that's the way that it would go. I don't have that. What I have is a show about Anthony Anderson's character, Dre, and she is his wife. Those jobs don't pay the same. Those jobs wouldn't pay the same. And look, take this from personal experience, okay? If somebody else is already in place and the show is being built around that person, that person going to make more money. I have lived this. I have lived this, and I never really had a problem with it. Okay? Um, but here I go again. Hey, there's a big macro-level problem with gender. It's just not this time that we're talking about. I found myself feeling the same way about the thing with Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams. Now, I'm not the best person to talk about a lot of th- on that one in particular because, you know, I don't really do movies like that, right? But, yo, man, homie had a clause in his contract that said, if you want to reshoot with me, it's a million and a half. So they had to pay him a million and a half. It don't sound like anybody else had that same deal. Maybe y'all need to go holler at Mark Wahlberg's agent and get a business card. See if he can get you on some of that. But if that's what the deal was, and the fact that apparently Marky Mark is now like the most bankable dude in the game, yeah, you're going to get him in on the half. Like he and Michelle Williams are not the same person. They're not. Therefore, I'm shocked that anybody thinks that their contracts will cover the same provisions or that they would be making the same money. That's not the example that you use to demonstrate the pay gap. That's not it. So. Like, this thing really, really, really exists. I'm just shocked at the poor examples that people are using to try to further discussion. Now, part of what I think about that, though, is I think that the way that you ultimately make that point is going to wind up involving a bunch of people that you never heard of. Right? Or people that you know by face in stuff. But you don't really know their names. Like, um... I was out at brunch yesterday and I was there with an actress. It was a, it was a group brunch. I know, I know the way that y'all think. I know what the comments is about to be on that. And I was a whole bunch of people at the brunch anyway. And she was explaining about, you know, some of the sexism that she's encountered um, when it comes to pay and her money and stuff like that. And I bet it is far worse for those people down at that level of the game than it is with people that are higher up in the game. Part of why I think that's different for people that are higher up in the game is once you hire up in the game, so is your agent. And higher up in the game, your agent is, your agent knows all that information, and that allows your agent to play this game just a little bit different. Right? Now, that's a bit of a hypothesis because, again, I don't work in that world. I work in a different one. Um, But these just aren't the examples. They're not. They're not. But I bet, like, all the rank and file, I bet them rank and file dudes get paid more than rank and file women. I bet probably even in the middle that you're going to have that. I don't I don't fully understand how it works at the top. Like, I'm not saying that that isn't the case up there. I bet it's possible. But Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams, they're not the same person. That's not what it is. I think the woman on uh, what, Grey's Anatomy is having this problem. Now, that's, not, now that's an example. 
right? Like that would wind up being an example. You're gray. Like this you. Your name on the show. And you out here having to clamor and fight for your bread. Right. And the biggest problem on these things also is, is that she fixed it, but like in the course, like as these things are happening, like when you're in the process of a negotiation, it's a real black box sort of situation. And they always got all kinds of stories as to why it is they can't pay your bread or why it is that they should not pay your bread. And well, this is happening here. This is happening there and all this stuff. It becomes very, 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 very difficult to tell how much of them not wanting to give you your mail is about race, gender, whatever. And how much of it is that they generally just not about giving people bread? Because I ain't never really been in no situation where they were just okay with giving me bread. I don't know that many people who have been in situations. They're like, yeah, man, I just walked in and they just gave me my bread. Like maybe I don't talk to white dudes about bread enough, right? Like maybe that's what happens when the white dudes come in there and that's how it goes. I don't know. But I be watching white dudes be salty as hell trying to get their mail too. So I just can't tell on what level it is discrimination. I do know that when you wind up with it in the macro, though, it's incontrovertibly true. Like that, I do know. And so I'm less inclined to do this arguing about the individual points than I am to recognize the macro level situation. But if you are going to be the one to argue about independent observations in the sample, at least pick the white, pick the right ones. Please pick the right ones, right? So with Monique, I think Monique got a different situation going there. Let me tell you what I think the Monique situation is. And I think that this has been kind of lost. And this I can speak to from working in media game for a while. The thing for Monique is the hood love Monique. White media executives don't give a damn about what the hood love if you ain't selling rap tapes. They don't. Like, whatever it is that you do working at an outlet that is described as being a black one, there is a minimal amount of respect that the rest of the industry has for that stuff. And you can write some of the most amazing work ever for black outlets or do the most amazing content ever for black outlets and trying to get people on the other side to respect what it was that you did or what you managed to accomplish over there is borderline impossible borderline impossible when i did work for aol black voices many many years ago it could be hard to get regular aol to pay you any individual attention like yeah they take your stuff and put it on the home page or whatever it was right they get them clicks off of you but you couldn't really parlay working at aol black voices into just working at regular old aol you couldn't. It's really, really hard. And so with Monique, even with like Monique won that Oscar, but Monique won that Oscar for Precious, which is still black stuff, right? And so I'm not knocking her for the lane that she was in because it was a good lane. Like, I think it was a fairly strong lane for her to be in, right? Like, I don't, but if you don't cross over somehow in that game and I don't know how you managed to pull it off, you ain't, you just can't like you, you, what she's talking about doing ain't going to happen to somebody whose fan base, I think has the profile that hers has. So like, let's look at some, like some direct comparisons of people talking about like compared to her, uh, Dave Chappelle, for example, the thing about Dave that's interesting is that it's not that Dave has done content that's intended to like pander to white people necessarily, 
But Dave has always navigated in spaces with white people, like a different sort of navigation through that space. You think about like Dave's in Robin Hood, Men in Tights, or what, 1994, 1995? Dave's in Con Air. Half Baked is not a quote unquote black movie. You know, like those are the things that are kind of the lead up to where you got with Dave before Chappelle's show came. And even remember with Chappelle's show, he's doing that with Neil Brennan. Like there's a little different, little different like situation of whiteness that's going on there. But he got in that space. Eddie Murphy, whose amazing magic trick was he shows up at like 19 years old, 20, whatever it is. And those are mainstream movies that he's doing, right? 48 hours trading places, all that stuff. Those are mainstream movies that he's doing. He was in that space. Chris Rock parlayed the Eddie Murphy cosign into a Saturday Night Live gig. And again, now these are the spaces they're trafficking in. And never mind, that's pretty much black people at that Bring the Pain special that like really flipped his whole game up. But still, like he's in those spaces. Monique ain't really done a whole lot of work of like real profile that's in those spaces. And them folks at Netflix, those are spaces they respect. Now, that's what they are. Let me tell you this. Who do you think is funnier? Monique or Bruce Bruce? I want to saw Bruce Bruce about a year ago, man. Bruce Bruce was hilarious. Who do you think is funny? Monique or Bruce Bruce? How much money do you think they're giving Bruce Bruce to do a special? Now, you can say, well, I think Monique is more accomplished than Bruce Bruce. Yeah, okay, maybe, 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 right? Maybe. Like, there's something to that. Yeah, Monique did Queens of Comedy. But you got to understand, like, Bruce Bruce was host of Comic View, right? And host of Comic View at a time when that was a really big deal. D.L. Hughley parlayed his situation off being a host of Comic View. Like, that was a big thing, right? Hey, man, they ain't giving Bruce Bruce no damn money to do that. Why, folks? They ain't never heard of no Bruce Bruce. You know, they haven't. And so I think that that's another way, place where this gets to be interesting is that if you are black and you are doing this, how do you get certified? Like, and Kevin Hart, by the way, his, I think somebody can make the argument that Kevin Hart's kind of overstayed his welcome. And what I mean by that is there's really, and I think Kevin Hart has said this, ain't really room, like for black comedians, there's typically only room for one. All right. There, there's typically only room for one. There ain't really room for two super high-profile black comedians. Kevin Hart been holding that down now for like five years. He ain't making no room for nobody else. He's held that now for like five years. Nobody else is broken through this. So there's a huge race component that is here. Now, women also have different hurdles when it comes to comedy, in part because so many men just absolutely believe that women aren't funny, which I find to be strange. Pretty much every woman I've ever dated has been pretty hilarious. But um, men tend not to think that women are funny in those ways, and there's like all kinds of hurdles and barriers that go there. But I think the interesting thing to look at with Monique is who from the space that she is in has managed to cross this thing open? Who's done that? Oh, by the way, another example, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg managed to get herself on and navigate and do projects in places that like white folks respect it. And therefore, she got to do it. Like Those are really, really, really big points. Also, by the way, didn't Monique say she was the most decorated comedian of all time? And I found that to be interesting because that's like sports talk. You know what I mean? Like, I heard that, and I was like, wow, I never heard of anybody think to refer to themselves as such. Huh. Ain't that something? The most decorated comedian of all time. What kind of contest is that? Um, now, of course, Whoopi Goldberg is probably just over there chuckling or whatever it is. But I bet you they give Whoopi Goldberg some crazy amount for a special if she wanted to do it. 
Right, right. Like, there's things going on here. I just don't know if the things are quite as Monique says that the things are. As I said, Monique also claimed uh, to be opening doors for the likes of Tiffany Haddish. No, I think there's something to that. Like, I do think there's a fight to be had here. And this is where it gets to be interesting. There's definitely a fight to be had here. I just don't know exactly how much of this has to do with Monique and her current situation. I do think that some of it has to do with Monique and her current situation. It just don't feel like it's all the stuff that she's out here talking about. Mm-hmm. It just don't. That's it. But let's not pretend as though what she's talking about in the macro and the thing, because I have seen the argument being made, and I think it's a fair one, about um, people's tendency to just bang on Monique in this. And it's hard not to bang on Monique in this, because she did say some ridiculous things. But I think it is problematic to lose sight of the fact that her overall point is probably correct just to bang on her for the silly things that she happened to say. But I would like, I believe that she's probably, I want to say that they offer her less than $500,000, which, I mean, how many of y'all are running to go see a Wanda Sykes special? And I think the Wanda Sykes is funny. And Wanda Sykes has had a TV show, you know, all that stuff. But how funny y'all think Wanda, Wanda, uh, Wanda Sykes, like, like, who's really getting charged up about this? Anybody? Also, of no. Wanda Sykes said she was able to go somewhere else and get a bigger bag. Serious question. Anybody else trying to get Monique to do a special? Like, I'd be curious to know what those people are offering. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say that snidely at all. I'd be curious to know what this is. Like, I want to see exactly how this is working, exactly how this is manifesting itself. And I don't know that as of now. I just know in the overall, Monique is probably correct. In the particular case, yeah, yeah, yeah. This hadn't been the best look. Appreciate the question. See what else you got here. How bad is Star replacing Joe Button about to be? All right. So, what the Complex Podcast Everyday Struggle was Joe Button and the DJ Academics dude. Where Joe Button went to revolt to get something cracking, and now the uh, Academics dude is going to be doing this show with Star from Star and Buck Wild, and I don't know how many of y'all are old enough to remember Star and Bug Wild. Um, but yo, you can't do that stuff anymore. Like I was listening to some stuff today that he had done on that show previously. And it's not just the stuff like making the jokes about Ali after she died in a plane crash or that sort of thing. It's about like referring to things as quote half a homo unquote and that kind of stuff. Yo, you can't do that anymore. Now the thing about also Star is Star from what I heard in this interview I listened to today. Star was on in Rikers Island in 1982. 1982. Like this is not a young man and he is a wholly unafraid man to say whatever it is that he is a man who is so unafraid to say what it is that he feels like saying is that at least back in the day, he was a gentleman who had pretty much demonstrated his willingness if it came down to it to shoot you. Like, he's a real, live, actual, like, gangster. Um, and maybe not, like, gangster so much himself, but at least in that space. You know, like, like there's a... 
his his brand of on air asshole is a totally different brand of on air asshole, right? Like he's a self professed hater. He's saying just about anything he wanted to say to anybody and daring you to show up. I don't really know if you can kick it exactly like that anymore. Like the defiance and stuff like that. I do believe um, that you can get away with that. Like that, I think that you can pull off. But I don't know how much he'd have to adapt what he has done over time to work for right now. Also, I have no idea. Like, is he working now? Like, he, like I don't, I don't, I haven't paid much attention to him really for the last at least ten years. So I don't know what it is that he's doing right now. Like, maybe he has done um, this sort of adjustment already, but. I don't think that like getting him to sit in that seat is a bad idea. I actually think it's pretty interesting and wonder, you know, how it's ultimately going to go. But, ooh, wow. Yeah. That's going to be something, Jack. Woo. All right. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. The Rock Nation Duce team is partnered with up with the guys from the Henny Palooza party. How did it feel to have your work picked up by a major brand? A major brand had hired me to work six year, uh, seven years prior to that, and then they fired me one year after they had brought me on six years prior to that. I was over the idea of working for a major brand by then. And the first time they did it, I kind of had to damn near beg to get the job in the first place. It wasn't the sort of thing that made me feel that proud. Verify your own shit, man. Don't be so worried about who picks it up. All right, let's see what we got here. Wow, guys. It's a pretty mediocre round of questions. Opinions on the Sierra backlash. Y'all mad at Sierra again? We'll be mad at Sierra for this time. There's a whole thing about her going and getting talking about loving yourself and then maybe you'll find a man like i don't i don't know here here's where sierra is right now sierra is deep into shantae's got a man territory you remember that song shantae got a man by shantae Moore? that is a really 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 obnoxious song it it, it totally is um and you know they you know shantae just with her girls whatever they talk about how hard it is like well i got a man at home and they make it seem like her girls are really happy for her in that video. And I would love to see the remix that's all about after she lived and how they wish she would just shut the fuck up. Um, I, I mean, I just, I, I would, I would, I would like to see that. I, I don't, I don't think I'm wrong in thinking that that's how it would go. But anyway, like that's where Sierra is right now. Sierra and Russell Wilson are so apparently sickeningly happy that it goes from people being happy that they're happy to why you got to talk about it all the time. It seems to be a tipping point on how much other people want to hear about your own happiness and this relationship goal stuff and everything else. Now, I imagine that part of the backlash against Sierra is actually not even about her or about Russell Wilson or about the fact that they put these pictures up and everything else. I imagine a significant part of this is honestly people getting tired of seeing hashtag relationship goals because hashtag relationship goals is so dumb. It's so dumb. All right, like I just see everybody that gets into these things. Like I am the voyeurism that people have about other people's relationships and the aspirational way that they view other people's relationships, in spite of the fact that just about all of us are old enough that we know better than to be buying too much into what these people tell us. 
That's probably like the annoying part. That's got to be there. Now, of course, Sierra also has to deal with the fact that the ashy dudes out there also mad at her because she got the audacity to take a little future and go find a happier, better life with a richer man. There's that. Like, let us, let us, let us not forget that. But no, nah, this is the dangerous game you get when you put a, put your relationship out there for everybody to see. People get tired of it. Quick. Quick, I tell you. Quick. But that's the game, right? Like, like this is the way that people have decided that they are going to play it. You know, your photo album is for the world. Like, think about this for a second, right? This is just a thought on the way that a lot of people kick it with this stuff, right? So, you go to people's houses. And they got a wedding album. And they might show you the wedding album. How often does the wedding album actually get broke out, right? Right? How many times have you been somewhere and somebody actually shows you their wedding album? I feel like twice for me. How many times you've been somewhere and somebody done really showed you they wedding album? Doesn't happen that much, but you got it in case somebody wants to see it. Yo, man, people get in love in the 21st century. They hold damn Instagram account as a wedding album. It is. Except you don't just look at all the pictures at once. You get the pictures one at a time. And it's only a matter of time where if you got a hater inside you, that hater about to jump out. It's about to jump out. And here we are, right? Like, does that seem fair? I could be wrong here. Maybe I got, like, much more particular issues with Sierra. But, like... That that seems to be where we are. Everybody got to show the world everything. Appreciate the question. Oh, now here's something interesting. My man JJ here says, my next relationship, not touching the internet. Been there, done that. I hear what you're saying right now, but I suggest you negotiate that on the front end because that can certainly create some drama in your life. I'm telling you that right now. Because here's the thing about like making your relationship a public one on social media. That is becoming the established custom. And so, especially for young people, because I don't think they know anything different anymore, but that is becoming the established custom. So with it becoming the established custom, if you are the person that does not want it to be that way, you are the one that winds up being the weirdo. Right? So like, just so you know, you're going to need to talk about why exactly it is. That you're not gonna do that. It you know that it's not gonna be what you're gonna do. But don't just assume that's gonna go like smoothly. All right, appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. Oh no, here we go. There, I just had it. There we go. Is it just me or are we all tired of Ja Rule? Wow, what an amazing question to ask me in 2018. Are we all tired of Ja Rule? How in the hell is anybody tired of Ja Rule in 2018? I, I honestly thought the last time that we were going to hear from Ja Rule was when inexplicably the Fox Business Channel had Ja Rule on to talk about politics, and he said that he was thinking about voting for Jeb Bush. 
Now, uh, the 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 Jaru. It's such a bizarre, tragic tale with Jaru, because like the world let Fifty Cent tell them that Jaru, who has a bit of gangster in him, was not an actual gangster. And so, after stepping on Ja Rule's career, Fiddy then went and decided to take Ja Rule's style. Totally stole his style. Jacked him. Ja Rule never recovered. Now, this Parker dude says Ja Rule is just an older Drake. No, no, no. I, the only way that I feel like um, you feel that Ja Rule is just an older Drake is if you yourself are not old enough to, like, remember Ja Rule. No, 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 no. Like, Ja Rule got out there and started doing that sing-songy stuff, but him doing the sing-songy stuff kind of jumped out because Ja Rule's an actual gangster. Like, like that, dude, that's the thing. 50, 50 convinced y'all that this dude was somebody other than who he was. And it worked. And it worked. And so now we fast forward to 2018. And the only way that Ja Rule get anybody pay attention to him is by talking about how much he don't like 50 Cent. But here's the thing. We don't even rock with 50 Cent anymore. Like We don't even rock with 50 Cent anymore. Ja Rule comes in. It's like, yeah, I don't rock with 50. We're like, ha, 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 50 crushed you. We don't even rock with 50 no more. Think about that for a second. Isn't that crazy? And by the way, it ain't like Ja Rule couldn't rap. In fact, like just in terms of being a rapper. Now, you can say that 50 has put out, like, Get Rich or Die Trying. You can make an argument that Get Rich or Die Trying better than the album that Ja Rule put out or something like that. If you want to do that, that's fine. But just in terms of rapping, Ja Rule a better rapper than 50 Cent. Like, we so far removed at this point that it's like we have forgotten. Very, 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 very few people have been like, hello, I have arrived. Quite like Ja Rule did on that Can I Get a Verse. You know, like now that you don't make Jig all, you know, we made Jig the legend that he is and everything else. Ja washed that dude on his own track. Now, I don't think that Jay Z was really that invested in it, and Ja certainly was, but Ja ripped that bad boy. Somebody talk about, yeah, I guess. Please, please. There's no question on that. He killed it. And then everything else happened. Bounce and leave a hundred. Like that line all together is like, oh my God. That was unnecessary. Appreciate the question. Dude said closet job rule fan. No, it ain't even about being a fan, man. You can be objective when you talk about these cats. Grammy's coming up. Kendrick sweeping, or will black artists get the sham as usual? I think you mean the shaft, and I don't care. Yo, man, I said this before about this stuff with Grammys and stuff like that. You're gonna need to decide do you give a damn or not? Right. And I made the decision a while ago that I don't care. So if I don't care if they don't do the things I want, I can't care if they care if they do the things I do. Simple as that. All right. Let me see if there's anything else I feel like doing. 
Now, y'all got 45 minutes out of me. I think that's appropriate. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Journal. Let's try to get this thing here done once a week. My man, Lance Gilliam, handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you. Remember, if you can't catch us live, check out the Evening Journals on podcast. Subscribe at the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. Also at the Google Play Store. Talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.